everybody. Welcome to our show. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. This is a podcast for and about the town we love. And now we're talking Darien. Hello and welcome. Today is April 1st and today we have Bob Gillen, the owner and developer of the Parklands property, um, a residential property being proposed for development at the site of a current office building um, near I-95 and this one's been a little controversial lately, Liz. No, definitely. It's, it's gotten a lot of scrutiny. And I think that's just because in general, Darien is like in a in a uh, time of just major development. Everywhere you look, there are projects going on in a good way. But in a way, for people who have been here a long time, a little reticence comes with that. Um, people are worried what this is all going to look like. So Bob's got an interesting story on how he came about his project. And we want to bring in and hear from him directly his side of this, how this affects the town, how he's working within our zoning regulations and our town you know, structure to make this a feasible and successful project. So I hope you guys enjoy hearing um, from one of our developers now. Yep. Here we go. Bob, thank you so much for being with us tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely a hot topic in town. And... Um, we're really looking forward to hearing your side of the story. That is why we started this podcast, you know, was to take things that have been boiled down to a headline and hear the full story. So thank you for coming to share that with us um, here tonight. I want to start with what you kind of started to talk to. And I said, hold up, like, tell us on the <laughs> podcast. Tell us how you got started and, and how your life has evolved and your business has evolved. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. As, um, as we were talking, I've, been li- I've lived in Fairfield County since... To, uh, since 1981. So I'm, I'm a local person. I've operated in the business community for 22 years. And I left IBM in uh, the late 80s and uh, owned a couple of companies. And then I bought Parklands Drive, which is a two-building complex on eight acres in Darien. So I've been in Darien as a businessman for 22 years. So Parkland, by the way, so where Parklands is, like, let's describe that. Like, so if you're on the, which is the east end of Darien, right, post road, you know, going past Trader Joe's. Yes. Right. And you, you cross over the highway. There's an entrance to the highway there, exit 13 on 95. Correct. You cross the highway and then immediately to your right, as you're going towards row eight in Norwalk, there is a street called Parklands. Correct. Okay. And then when you bought this, there were two separate office buildings, I believe that, did you put them there? Or were they there when you bought it in 2005? No, they were there. Okay. And they were, yeah, I, I remember this. There's, and then two office buildings. And in, in the last few years, that's changed already, right? Correct. So what happened? So you, did you, you own both and you sold one of them or you redeveloped one of them already? Well, there, it's eight acres uh, with two office buildings and one Parklands Drive and three Parklands Drive. So one Parklands Drive was a single tenant building that in 2014, that company was purchased, downsized, and moved out. Okay. So I, I ended up with a single-tenant building of 24,000 square feet with literally no prospects. Mm. Wow. So I looked around as a, as a, for an alternative use and concluded and found assisted living facility uh, operator out of Norwood, Mass., who was interested. So we... We, uh, I went through the effort to get the zone changed to allow assisted living, and then I sold it to a company called LCB. And they, they, hired, they built it. So they hired the uh, construction company, and they built it. And it finished in 2018. And how many units of assisted living went in there? Well, uh, 104 units. 104. But, and then, but at that point in time, you had sold it, and now you just own the back side of Parklands, right? Correct. That single office building. And by the way, the back side, let's talk about like the relation around you. At the end of Parklands, all the way down is Selleck Woods, right, Taylor? Yeah. And that's one of our the land trust area, one of our private owned not private yes. owned, owned by the land trust from our, you know, natural properties here. Right? There are two owners back there. Uh there's fifty acres total. Darien Land Trust owns approximately half, and the town of Darien owns the other half. Okay. So parks and recs is responsible for part of it and then that and that's called Dunlop Woods. Oh. And then Selick Woods is owned by uh, the Darien Land Trust. And yeah. it's very close to the ninety five rest stop too, right? We're right above it. Okay. So we can see the Darien land I mean the uh, the rest stop, but I'd say they're probably a hundred feet below us. Okay. Yeah. You could throw you know, if Tom Brady was there, you could throw a football and hit the rest stop yes. or hit 95, right? Yes. Okay, got it. And then the other side, so you got like Woods, Woods, uh, 
rest stop 95 and there's like then you've got like some neighbor some neighbors right a street of neighbors for darian yeah, yeah fairmead road right yes okay yeah there's um uh fairmead road neighbors uh fundamentally uh about the the assisted living facility Okay. I'm trying to set up the picture. So like if users are listening to this and they're trying to picture this thing. So you got to drive, you turn on the drive, you cross 95, you take a right, you current it. And now there's a, a large, very large assisted living facility. You drive past that and you keep driving down along, kind of like alongside 95 back east towards Darien. And that's in your building. It's kind of almost a little bit downhill. It's downgrade. Correct. And right now, describe what's currently there. Talk about your building. Yeah. So you would, you would go down Parklands Drive. And in fact, if you want to, if you were a visitor to go to Selick Woods, yeah, you'd use that road and park behind my building. Got it. Okay. So my office building is two stories, uh, thirty-five thousand square feet roughly, with uh, with uh, commercial tenants. Uh, Narsland Foods is my biggest tenant, and that's Jarlsberg Cheese. They, oh. They're the U.S. distributor for that. No All kidding. Right. We like cheese here. I like Carlsberg <laughs> cheese, yeah. I mean, but I guess the obvious question, right? The, the, the big, why would you turn it into living? You know, well, you got a it, great office, and you and just put it, money into it. Is it fully occupied right now? No, it's uh, that's my problem. That even pre-pandemic, there was a premium on walk to the train station. So if you look at mm. commercial real estate in Darien, and we did in uh, 2019. You had office parks like Thorndall, mm-hmm. Parklands Drive, Darien Green. They all had high vacancy. And those were all walkable to the train station? No, none of those. That's what Oh, I'm they saying. weren't? No. Oh, Thorndale's Thor- not? Yeah, Thorndale's they don't only consider like a, that walkable? Well, Thorndale Circle is like a, by, behind Nielsen's there. It was like a half, like a half mile from the train. If you're, a, if you're a woman with heels, you would never walk that. Plus, Have you ever seen Working Girls? Yeah. I mean, yeah. white sneakers, baby. Okay, yeah. but okay. I know right. New York City. <laughs> okay, uh, plus, think about it in the wintertime. Yeah. You're going to slog through snow and ice. So that's not walkable. I will say residential real estate agents do not hesitate to say walk to the train at like 1.4 miles. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, there's a train station somewhere in the next 50 years. Just walk toward (laughs) the crowd. You might get eaten by a bear in the meantime, but you'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, I just saw that. (laughs) So there's a bear alert out today. I saw one. Yeah. In Darien. Yeah. In Darien. I can't believe it. That's great. So the point is that back in 2019, the 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 office parks had high vacancy, and the premium was to be walked to the train station. So you see, on Old Kings Highway South, those buildings were occupied. I the average vacancy for the three parks I just talked about was twenty eight percent vacancy. Oh wow! Back then, to counter that, in eighteen and nineteen, I spent three hundred thousand dollars to redo my building. I painted it, new landscaping, a new back patio, new common hallways, new bathrooms. To try to fill in the vacancy that you had. To fill it. And you had, the, and you had like, what, what did you say? 50? 30, 33% vacancy. And you sat on 30. When were you ever 100% vacancy in that building? Uh, probably in the, uh, the 07 to 10 time frame. That long ago? And then it started filtering out? Uh, I had people moving in and out. And then uh, I, I would say probably in 12, it really started to go downhill. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you, you I mean, you're no fool. So you probably, you, you went out and did some real estate studies, right? On what brings value right, as a businessman? Well, so, so we finished all this improvement. I had an Sorry. open house with 55 brokers there and everybody said, it's great. Then COVID hit. So now I'm in February of 2020 COVID hit hmm. no activity. And so in, uh, in basically in, in uh, early 2020, I started looking at alternatives and concluded that the highest and best use for this property was probably residential. And how did you conclude that? Well, I talked to, uh, to a number of, people's, number of people around, and then I did a study. I hired a company, Goldman and York, to do a study on what's the impact of, of uh, residential multifamily on residential property values, single family. So I did two studies. That I did that study, and the other study I did was a demand study for multifamily. I heard another company called IRR who did a study 
on Darien and the potential demand for multifamily. And what they concluded was there's a high demand. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Why did you do the study on impact to property value? Well, you know, be... Anticipating headwinds? Well, (laughs) yes and no. What I would tell you was, uh, and you can see it when we, we talk a little bit more about what got approved, I was interested in doing something that would fit in the neighborhood that was compatible with what's there. And and I wanted to build it, and if I'm going to build it, I'm going to, and my name's going to be on it, I want it to be good. And why is that compatible out of curiosity? Not to put you on the spot, but like why, why is residential, if commercial was there, why do you think residential would be more compatible? Well, I've got, I've got the assisted living facility there, and they've got, they've got 104 beds, they've got three uh, types of uh, product. They've got independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Okay. And so when I started thinking about this, I called the president of LCB, and I said, here's what I'm thinking about. He thought it was a great idea because it's potentially a feeder for his building. Right, a feeder of like a retiree, you mean like an older retiree yeah. So you generation. Could, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you could go from from my multifamily building to theirs, mm-hmm. where you would get more care, you'd have a restaurant right in there, so that was one piece of it, uh, of why I thought it was. The other is, think about where I am. I've got wo- 50 acres of woods behind me. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a, a residential building in front of me. And then I've got a single-family neighborhood to one side. And so it seemed to me, why? think about it the other way. What if, what if I had multifamily, and I said, I want to tear it down and build office. Oh, man, we'd slam Everybody'd you. say, <laughs> why would you think office would go in a neighborhood where you got single-family assisted living in 50 acres of, of right, a right. park? Right, Yeah, I know we'd slam you. That's right. So, so to me, it made sense with what we saw going on. I, I read a study where it said the U.S. has shot 5 million residential units. Wow. And if you look at what's going on in Stanford in the South End. So does that mean that 5 million people are homeless? Or That's what you're saying, 5 million units? Is that what you said? 5 million units. They say the demand was short 5 million units in the United States for housing. What kind of housing, though? Low income? Any no, kind? I think it's everything. Anything. Interesting. Be, because if you look, and I know I'm a little out of sequence, but if you look at who we think will come in, mm-hmm. it's really... We looked at four types of people. People, snowbirds, who own property in Florida right. and want to come back because they've got family here. Yep. You've got seniors who want to downsize, but they're used to quality. So they've got a nice home. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they want quality, but they don't want to have to maintain it. Yep. You've got millennials who would like to live in Darien, but they don't have the money to buy a single-family house, so they want to move in. Mm-hmm. And then you've got divorcees who move out of their house, but they want to have their children come over on the weekend. So we think those are the four candidates for this kind of property. And then, so, so what is your property? How big is it? What, we've, what we got approved was a 60-unit facility. Uh, How many stories? Three stories. Okay which is one story larger than we have now, so it would be adding a story. And what got approved, we asked for no exceptions. We adhere to all the regulations in the zone. So we adhere to setbacks. We adhere to coverage. We adhere to height. So we didn't have to ask for any exceptions. Okay, so like as a um, as someone who wouldn't know this kind of language, when you say you adhere to all the all the setbacks, all the regulations, so you're saying the building you proposed, it met all the requirements demanded of that area by our planning and zoning department. Correct. Is that a way to say that? Yes, that's a good way to say it. Because you know one of the, one of the values of having planning and zoning regulations is. You want, you want to put things in, in places where they fit. And so to do that, you have regulations about how large can it be. You have regulations about how close can it be to a neighbor. Mm-hmm. You ha- how close it, it can be to the street. To the right. street. and so Parking. Have, and the height parking wasn't an issue? The extra story? No. The, well, the height was, was allowed in that, in that zone. Is that correct? Yes, there was a change made... 
before us, and so yes. So for instance, I've got a two-story office building now. I wouldn't even have to go to planning and zoning to add a third story for office. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah, because it's already in the regulations. But by the way, like someone was going to call you out and then say, well, like, Bob, you were sneaky about this. You went in and you changed that story regulation. You guys changed that ahead of time. How do you respond to that? Well, they're right that we did change it ahead of time. We had. Were they right that you were sneaky about it? Or (laughs) I didn't call you like that, but like. (laughs) There's some people that don't like it, but I haven't yet been called sneaky. (laughs) But you said you're right. I don't know if you were saying I I was right for calling you sneaky. (laughs) No. Uh, uh, We had 12 public hearings. In Darien. In Darien. In Darien with Darien's Planning and Zoning Commission. Correct. Fantastic. Okay. So. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of lawyer. It's a lot of legal fees, my friend. Yes. With more than one lawyer. Oh, Lord. Uh, so my point would be that, uh, that we went through the process to, uh, to create a zone that would allow multifamily. That was, that was, we, we proposed that. It was heard by planning and zoning. The public had, was notified to, uh, to go to public hearings and make their objections or thoughts and opinions known. And there were, there were probably in total between all of our uh, meetings or applications, I should say, there were probably close to twelve hours of public hearings. Wow! By the way, let me side note there, and this is one of the beautiful things about Darian's, you know, governing process. You know this, Taylor, is that we allow public hearings for all our zoning. You know, there's talk about this. There is legislation that goes on about possibly removing that process of Darian's. You know, that's what kind of like um. The desegregate, guilt, desegregate Connecticut bill had that at one point in time in there. I don't know if it's still there, but to, to my knowledge, I think that was there. But I, I just have to say, I think it's it's amazing and beautiful that we have that process of hearing the public so that Darian, yep. everyone has a say into what's coming here, right? Yeah, you know I mean, I, I'm curious. Did, did anything that was said during those 12 hours impact your design? The uh, the answer is yes. Uh, and, and if I go through the process a little bit, that I met with the neighbors, uh, some individually. They were all invited to to, uh, to meeting in my building. This was before the public hearings. So I reached out to every one of them and met with, uh, I think I probably met with uh, about half of the neighbors that came over to meet me. Then we had a meeting in my building with, uh, with Craig Flaherty presenting his redness and mead He's a land use engineer. And we've had him on the podcast. Yeah. He came and talked about the uh, the uh, refugee center, which we call Dump. <laughs> it's not the refugee center. The, re- the, the refugee center. Refuge. <laughs> I was wondering. That it's was... been a long day. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on with Ukraine and I all this. I can't even cover that one. <laughs> I, okay. The Dump. Just call it the Dump. <laughs> all right. So Craig Flaherty, we love Craig. He came on to talking about right. AKA the Dump. <laughs> yeah. So he presented to the neighbors. Um, so we did our best to tell the neighbors ahead of time what we were planning, listen to them, uh, and base, I would say to you that, that based upon their conversations and questions and, and issues, we made sure we did studies with, with professionals that would give insight to the impact of what we're talking about. Okay, so break that down. What does that mean? Are you talking sound pollution, uh, light pollution? I did 11 studies. Traffic pollution? And actually, before we do that, let me introduce our sponsor for tonight. Uh, we have Darian's new go-to CBD brand called Moonstruck CBD. Right, Taylor? Yeah. It's a founded by a Darian local. These guys are bringing a high-potency, clean product to the CBD world without the high price tag. Uh, find them online at www.moonstruckcbd.com. I love it. Stuff is great. Uh, okay, Bob. So going back to your studies and the number of the number of studies that you did, I did eleven studies. So I studied, and I brought a list of it. So I thought it might be interesting. Yeah. The uh, so I did first started with a market study. Is there a demand for it? Okay. After I did that, I then said. What's the impact of multifamily on the single-family houses next to us? And what was that, by the way? Quick. It was neutral to positive. Okay. That huh. surprises me. But well, okay. even in this scenario. Yes. Like- and, and, and they had, they had, they had examples of all over the country of multifamily going in next to, to single-family. And 
the main point they, they made was that, it, first of all, it's compatible because it is, it is definitely residential, but it's also prospects for buying houses in the neighborhood. So that increased some demand. Okay. Then, then I did, we did a study on impact on the Darien schools. How many more kids are going to come mm-hmm. in? Because that's one of the hot buttons of can the school handle it? Can you pause for a second? What is the breakdown of your 60 units as far as one bedroom, two bedroom? There's, uh, there'll be six studios, 29 one bedrooms with dens, and 20, if my math is right, and 26 uh, uh, two bedrooms with dens. All right, so nothing bigger than a two-bedroom. Nothing but bigger. No, I mean, you make a good argument that, like, so they, as your third study was about schools, I mean, this is a huge issue right now in Darien, like, overdevelopment. I mean, I, people are worried. I, it's, it goes without saying, like, we're worried about the schools already have trailers out back. What are they called, though? What are they called, Taylor? The, oh, the portables. The, por- the portables all over our schools. I know we're, you know, we got a lot, we have 500 units maybe coming in the next few years here around town. So people so are worried did, about that. Yeah, so we did a study. Uh, and we looked at various impacts of of this kind of mix of studio, single, I mean, one bedroom and two bedrooms, uh, and concluded that the study showed that we could have five to eight school kids in that in that kind of mix. Are you for real? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I believe that, but that's okay. I mean, I mean, everyone says this. Federal came in and said the same thing. I mean, everyone said, you know, and like, it's it, it, the studies show one thing, but it's it, <laughs> we talk about this. Families come to Darien, yeah, and that's not on you. I mean, you, you do your due diligence, right, Bob, as much as you can. But like, I think it, it'll be a different impact on Darien. Well, and it, that's something for the town to respond to. Yeah, I, I, all I can do is say we looked at what's happened. Yeah, where most of the children are with three bedroom units. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't. The six studios aren't going to have children, mm-hmm. and the one bedrooms, you would say. You don't think going to be too many with one bedrooms. Uh, two bedrooms could have some children. Man, I lived in New York City next to a neighbor. I mean, this young couple, yeah. they had twins, and they were, in a, they were in a studio with their twins. Oh, my God, I could hear the kids crying through the walls. People will pack it in. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I know. We talked about So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's fine. I think it's fine that the study produced that number. I think it will be higher, and I think that our board of it will probably assume that it's going to be higher. But... Yeah. Um, what was going. I going to ask? Okay, no. so of the 60 units, you've got that breakdown of the bedrooms. What's the mandate now for low-income housing? 14%? Oh, I want to keep so going through, his, I want to keep going through his list. He got through three of 11 yeah, studies. Yeah, we got to get through that, too. I just want to understand okay, yeah, the, the composition of this project. Uh, we have to have 12% affordable. It was, when we filed, it was 12%. The regulation went to 14 so we were grandfathered. Okay. So is that seven or eight? Like do you Well, it was seven because Darian does allow you to buy a tail if the math goes above a, okay. a seven. We agreed to do eight. So okay. we're close to fourteen. We're at sixty of which eight would be affordable. And who tells you to do that? Who told you to build affordable? Where does that come from? That's a state yeah. regulation. And a local regulation too. No, I want because yeah. people hear that. I want people to understand how that like as a developer, what yeah, the well, ta- towns mandated because towns are under pressure to provide affordable housing, mm-hmm. and so uh, it varies by town. But in Darien, we we have the regulation it was twelve, now it's fourteen percent. And can you define affordable? Uh, yes, the uh, affordable they the state gives it's it's a certain percentage of the state median income, not Fairfield County median income. So for instance, uh, half of these have to be at uh, 60% of the state median income and the other half are at 80%. I mean, by the way, I, 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 I know. Okay. Like our state lacks this affordable housing, Taylor, to housing, Taylor, like I've been, I've kind of followed this a little bit, you know, lightly as on the architectural review board. And I think our town has done a fantastic job requiring this and putting in for developers, you know, because there's no way to make up for lost time to say, okay, go back, Darian, you're 95, Darian's already 95% developed. So it's impossible to go back and say, okay, now Darian, make your town 10, 14% affordable housing when you're already 95% developed. That's, it's impossible. You, could, you couldn't, we couldn't build enough units to do that. But everything that's been built since the state put that in, I think Darian had, 
I believe, I don't want to be quoted on this, but I think Darian has gone above and beyond and done that in every building. And I think it's cool to see you doing it here and us doing our part of the state. Sorry, that's a side note. Yeah. And I, just looking? because I want to get to the, I, I'm sorry, I fixated on numbers. If 80% of median income was $48,000 or $4,000 a month, what percentage of that is rent? Like, how do you, you're renting these, right? Or are you selling Correct. them? No, they're all rentals. Okay. So they, so the state then tells you what the number is. Is it like a third? Uh, well, no. So the, uh, the, the one bedroom, studio one bedroom will be $1,200 a month roughly rent. Okay. And the two bedrooms will be roughly 1600 a month. Those are the affordable ones though? Or yes. Those are, okay. No, those are affordable. Okay. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a formula. I remember I read it earlier. And what will the regular priced units go for? We ha- we don't know for sure, but in the neighborhood of um, between 2000 and 4000 a month. Okay. So what were the other tests you did? So you got through three of them, right? Sorry. You got through- yeah, I Right, so us. then we did a traffic study on, on how much traffic we would have leaving Parklands Drive. And then the town planning and zoning hired a traffic study as a peer review. Okay. So we there are two traffic studies by experts that are that we submitted. Okay, I like that. By the way, another plug. I'm saying I get nervous again over development. I mean, I, I see this stuff and I get worried about. There's already crazy traffic going on, and we've got you know federal coming in. We talked to those guys. They're you know really considered doing a good job trying to integrate into our town, but like we have a lot of traffic there already, and that's without. 100 and 200 units coming in, right? But so along the lines of the study that produced the figure of five to eight students coming out of this unit, like, right, right. are people contesting the validity of the traffic study results? Well, it's the same validity of the COVID test that came through in the last two years. Let's not go there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's all, now, now I don't know what to reply. Talk about diversion. Yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry. Well, pe- people, na- some neighbors said they didn't believe it. Uh Oh, okay. That's one of the feedbacks you got from the neighbors. That's one of the yeah, frustrations. One of the things is, no, there's a lot of traffic and won't be able to handle this. What people don't realize is, and let me go back to before I put in the, the before we the, had the assisted living facility put in, the front building had at one time 100 people. And my, and that, and my building had 85 people. So at one time, we had 185 employees. Actively coming in and out. Correct. Okay. So in the morning, lunch and dinner, or lunch and then leaving. Uh, so the tra- that's what we had. That's what we were allowed. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the traffic that we will generate with LCB, the assisted living facility, they let, none of the residents have cars. Yeah, right. So their traffic went way down. And if you look at my building where I had 85 employees, we're talking about 60 units. And their hours won't be the same as, as, uh, as an office building, which is very regu- regiment, reg- regimented. Mm-hmm. So the, the traffic engineers who are experts and one was hired by the town to do a peer review and advise them of whether or not they agree with our study. So that's on the record. We did a drainage study. And would a light be discussed? Like, would they put a light in? Is there no need for that? What do you mean? Like, at the end of Parklands, like, to get people in. Is that, would that fix the problem? Is that even being discussed? Oh, a traffic light. Yeah. You meant, like, a light, like, for visibility. No, no, traffic light. Oh, I got you. It, well, old Kings Highway is a state road. And so the amount of traffic, even with what we, what we project, will not uh, would not mandate to the state to put in a light. Interesting. I don't think it would help. Interesting. Would it be on you to put that in at your cost, though? Right. Well, it, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. I don't know what the state. I don't know what the state would say if you had to put a light. Okay. But what I do know is the state doesn't believe they. They want the lights needed. And the entrance to 95 is right there too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I do this yeah. three, four, five, six times a day. Yeah. So then we did a drainage study because one of the, one of the uh, issues is the 50 acres that's behind us. Mm-hmm. So when I, we put our building in, what's the impact of that going to be on 
the uh, nature preserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the uh, the study the drainage that we put in will actually improve what's there now because right now uh, there's a runoff from the back parking where visitors to Selig Woods Park that runs right off the the uh, street into into the uh, into Selig Woods and then goes down. Mm-hmm. We'll catch everything. So with the new development, we will catch all the water, filter it, and then put it into because the, you're redeveloping like the city Darien and the state or is it the state or Darien we're going to make you redevelop and put in a drainage system in that ground that properly like uh, fresh meadow policy or something yeah like or what's it probably ir- irrigates that land so there's not like a flooding issue yeah what you don't want to do is you don't want to flood it right now we do collect water and it pipes it's piped into the pond but we filter it we get we get rid of soot and oil and you know what have you, and then it goes in there. That goes on right now, mm. and we're going to improve that. Okay. So we did a drainage study, and okay. then the town hired a peer review of the drainage. Peer study. review of the drainage study as well, traffic yeah. and the, yes, like good so, job, town. Yeah. Okay. So so the so there were two studies on drainage, two studies on traffic. Okay. Then we we hired an. If I say this correctly, acoustician to measure sound. I was going to ask you about this sound pollution and noise. Uh, sorry, noise pollution and light pollution. Right. Fantastic. Okay. So, because if I'm a neighbor, I'm worried about people going in there, like right. you know, traffic going in and out, like chatter, more so walks. So, what what they concluded was that the sound will be a little less than what it is now, because I for a couple of reasons, but. Maybe the bigger reason is you've got the I-95 noise that, that kind of overrides all other noise. Right. And a giant traffic, and a giant, what is that, rest stop there. Yes, the rest stop. So they think if you build, sorry, I'm just interpreting, I'm guessing this, that if you build a three-story building, you will deflect the noise all the more and shelter the neighbors and the area from that noise by it echoing off your building back to 95. That has some potential. The other thing that uh, that we've found is that right now we've got a large chiller that provides the air conditioning for the building and mm-hmm. provides the heat. That's going to come out. That makes a lot of noise when it kicks on. That's gone, and all the condensing units will be up on the roof. And so the total of them will be less than the, the uh, chiller that we have. Huh. So... From a noise standpoint, we will create no more noise than there is now. Okay. So we did that study. And I'm looking, while we're on noise, I'm looking at these pictures you brought, and the architecture is is quite lovely. Um, Do you have any outdoor space planned for this, like playground or? Yes, we've got. Playground for all the families coming in, Taylor? For all five children. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's call it. Just jokes, Bob. Just jokes. Let's call it a patio outdoor area. The answer is yes. Uh, Because. If, if you look at the, uh, the plan, the building is going to be set back on the side that faces Fairmead Road. We're setting the, the new building will be back about 60 feet from, uh, away from Fairmead Road compared to the office building. In that area will be a patio uh, area for people to enjoy. Okay. And, and so then the question but no is... No balconies, no rooftop decks, nothing like that. The, you know what? Uh, yeah, we're not doing rooftop decks. I'm not big mm-hmm. on rooftop decks. One, one per, one, uh, the architect wanted me to put a pool in. I'm not doing a pool. Wow, you get a pool. Every family in Darien's headed that way. Yeah. Well, Woo-hoo! And then, I, <laughs> and then I have liability about the pool. That's true. Uh, so oh. that li- on lighting... We have a landscape architect who did the lighting. All the lighting will be down lighting, um, so that will protect the neighbors. And in fact, right now on the office building, we have spotlights up on the corners mm-hmm. because we want to light the area uh, against you know people coming around, etc. And that we have one or two neighbors that have that light shining. Mm. Right now, that'll be gone. Interesting. So there's no light that we're going to generate on the building or uh, 
that would would should affect the neighbors. Well, and actually, you have you know <clears throat> I've been back there a lot in that area. In between the current building that's there, the, the assisted living that's in the front, mm-hmm. old number one, and what you're proposing, there is a giant parking lot. So you guys aren't proposing any sort of parking garage, or are you? No, no parking because that's actually kind of rare. Because I feel like every building, every development that comes in Darien now wants a parking garage. It's like ah. Well, <laughs> the the parking you're talking about is my property. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. When when we got the approval for the uh, the assisted living facility, we've got the right to use 53 spaces in their garage. Then I've got the parking in front of my building, and then I've got a parking garage under my building right now. Oh, that's at ground level. It's already been dug out. Wow. Yeah. Well, so that'll stay it's, there. It's, yes, it's going to stay. But some of the residents are going to have to park in the assisted living facility. Well, we're over parked. For, for the demand. So that would be overflow over there? Possibly. We've got, it, the topography falls down from Old Kings Highway all the way down to the Selick Woods. So our parking garage is like a walkout basement. Nothing had to be dug out. So you drive around. If you park, if you're a visitor of Selick Woods, you go down and park behind our building. Uh, our, our tenants would take the same road and just turn into the garage. Mm. So it's not below grade. It's on grade right there. Mm. So I've got 40, 41 spaces there. I've got 50-some-odd spaces in front of my building, so I'm up to 90. Uh, and then I can use some of uh, in the garage of the assisted living facility. If I got to the juice of this here in the middle, and I, I mean, I want to keep going through your list, and I love it, but... I, what is the controversy, the the thing that most upset the neighbor? What was what is the problem with your building, and why is it now under appeal? And let's talk about that. Can we? Sure. Okay. The, what, well, what did you hear? What, how do you interpret the appeal? What do you think the problem is? Well, let, let's separate the appeal from uh, what we heard back, what we heard from neighbors in our meetings, and then in the public hearings. the The issues they raised were traffic. Okay. We've talked about that. They issued uh, raised drainage because neighbors on Fairmead Road were severely impacted by the assisted living facility that went in. Uh, and one neighbor's got a video of, of water rolling down the hill into their backyard. Uh, so drainage was an issue. Uh, the height was an issue. The... Uh, Another issue raised was more people using Sullick Woods, which is kind of... I was like, I think that might be a positive if it's done well, but okay. Well, if you listen to Chris Filmer, who's basically... And who's that? Chris Filmer is basically the the volunteer person who turned Sullick Woods and Dunlop Woods into a pristine, beautiful Mm -hmm. asset. When I first showed it to him, and he was one of the first I showed it to, he... To, he said to me, this is great because I'm going to have 60 more stewards of Selleck Woods. Mm. I'm going to have more use. Because right now, in the office building, people leave there at 5 o'clock Friday night uh, or any night. So it's dark. People go back there. People go back there and don't do good things. But if you put 60 residents back there... You're going to have people that are watching what's going on. You have less chance for bad things to be going on or things you don't want to go on. I've got a whole list of what we've seen back there. Yeah. Uh, so that so we thought that was a plus. Uh, but, yeah, so the, the other things in the neighbors objected to. The uh, So I've got Selleck Woods, traffic, drainage, noise, I think that's... Uh, you don't have to cover it all here. It's okay. I, I, I wanted to get the gist of it um, without having them here. And so, and then what about planning and zoning? So th- so let's, 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 okay, so let me then back up, right? Because there's appeal and everyone knows this. So this is now gone to another level. But before, before we get there, what did planning and zoning ask you to do? Plan- they, they always have recommendations of things they'd like you to implement. What were those and how many of those did you actually work into your plans? Well... Uh, we've got a 21-page resolution of all the things we have to adhere to. Okay. So there are um, there are hours of construction. There's um, the drainage plan and hiring an independent engineer to 
to watch what goes on with that. There's parking, there's lighting, there's landscaping, basically all aspects of the process okay. that, uh, that they want to make sure we do. And, and maybe the best way to sum it up is they want to make sure we build what we propose to them and they approved. Right, of course. Which is fair. And, you know, playing and zoning, by the way, like for those people that don't know, like a board of, I think, nine, ten six, people? Six. Oh, six. Oh, that was more. Wow. Six people elected by our town of all parties to, you know, represent, you know, Correct. the development. Okay. So did they, I thought they asked you to reduce the size, drop the units down. Well, <clears throat> this is an interesting question because remember, I, <clears throat> pardon me, I said we had, we had 12 meetings and hearings okay not one time was there any discussion with us about reducing the size so we never had any discussion back and forth about reducing the size once the once the public hearing was closed which says okay neighbors got to voice their opinion we got to present what we wanted to do and respond then your hearing gets closed. Mm -hmm. Now it's up to the, the commissioners to, among themselves, decide what they want, what what assurances they want, et cetera. Right. That's when all of a sudden, one of the commissioners said, "Well, I think it's I think it should be two stories." But that that happens in the deliberation, right? Like this is like, what? It did happen when they deliberated. But it didn't happen when we had an opportunity to talk about it. So, for instance, if you wanted to modify a proposal, yeah, you would do it when the the applicant can talk. You can talk. Oh, would have a back. Oh, to your oh, to your point. Yeah, once the the clear the hearing is closed, you can't weigh into those decisions. So you're just hearing them deliberate, and you can't say anything. Is what your point that? Uh, not only can I say anything, but I couldn't. I couldn't sit down and say, well, you'd like me to change this. But isn't that the public hearing, though? It's like, so this came from the planning and zoning you know, board members. It didn't come from the public. Or but, is that a- no, it, you're right. But remember, during a public hearing, yeah. the commissioners have the right and responsibility to quiz me. At the same time. At the same time. Got it. So you, cause so, so you are thrown off because you thought that should have come up in a chance where you could have addressed it and then maybe adjusted plans then on? Well, potentially. Interesting. So what, so what happened was out of the clear well, – let me say it differently. So what happened was that the public hearing got closed and the commissioners started talking, and one of them said, I, it's too big. I don't like the traffic. I'm worried about. One of them even said that even though uh, the Darien Land Trust and Parks and Recs Commission think it'll be a net positive, he said, I don't agree with them. We don't want more people using Selig Woods. And oh, by the way, we don't want those people coming in and using it. Someone used that term? Yes. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> that phrase. But those people, I mean, this is those people in this sense to me would be retiree people. Being who? Yeah. yeah that, that, this was a retiree community of people that are about to go from there to assisted living eventually. I would say, though, about the process about how this happened, like people don't show up at a public hearing with a written speech and passion in their hearts to argue that I'm really in favor of this project. It's just too tall, right? Like they show up because they're against it. They aren't going to say, That's a good point. I want you to make it smaller. They're either going to show up and support or against. And then I think when a commission or a committee, just because I happen to sit on one, you know, here's enough public comment, then they're kind of going, how do I make this right for everybody? Right. How do we so get I think that's how you end up with a, I think this might be too big. Maybe we can tone it down and kind of try to make everybody a little bit happy mm-hmm. <laughs> or a little bit upset. Um, no, anyway, I- it's just an aside, but. Well, I don't disagree with you. One of the questions, um, Liz, that you brought up about, well, where's the compromise? Uh, and so if, and if you look at the developments that, that the other developments, they, there were compromises made, but all right. with the applications still open and negotiations back and forth. Got it. So you, so I'm, I'm sensing, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but the, what I'm hearing from you is that 
that you didn't compromise once things were closed. You're like, this is the proposal. I can't. I can't change anything. The Go. public record is closed. And you can't redraft your plan, fix anything. You can't also re- rewrite a floor plan to make this no. 60 down to 58. No. Or they 60. can say, here's what I want. Okay. But, but they can't talk to me. So... What would have been the point of talking after that? Like, if you didn't want to accept what they came with, you, you're hoping well, to, like, convince them otherwise? Well, I don't know how it would have gone, but the point being, and remember, this all started with, with Liz, you asking me, didn't some commissioners want to make it smaller? Yeah. And so my answer to that is yes. After the public hearing was closed, they said in their discussions, let's take a floor off. Let's make it 40 units instead of 60 units. Oh, take a whole floor off. Wow. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and so uh, the at the same time, though, we adhere to all their regulations. Yeah, you hit the right. So taking a floor off, you, you're still within regulation to have that full floor. Correct. Got it. Got it. I hear what you're saying. I mean, Bob, I, I understand. I understand both points. I understand the neighbor's point of being like, hey, you know, I, this is too much. It's too much development. I mean, Darien feels this at large, right? There's so much coming in at once. We're worried about like overpopulation. Schools are already like at their max. Like, you know, to sign my kid up for a freaking activity, I've got to sign. I got to be there day one, six months in advance where I don't get in. I mean, I understand the fear of this overdevelopment coming in. I think you're at a sensitive time when we already have a lot of big projects. At the same time, I totally understand your side, your businessman. And Darian is a, I mean, it's a target now. It is a bucolic town. It is a close commute to New York City. We've got the best, one of the best schools in the country, best public schools in the country. You know, the top, you know, top 10, top 20. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I said, you know, a quick ride in New York City, low taxes, our own private beaches. I mean, who is not going to want to come here and develop and take advantage of that opportunity? I mean, there is a medium that we have to hit because development is coming and we see it all around us. It is, I mean, right, Taylor? It's out of control totally. right now, Darren. And it's overwhelming. It's scary. So hearing you, it's like, I have to go back to that compromise. We've got to work with developers or whoever it is and have this, this public hearing process that you're talking about and have this discussion and and come to a happy medium but like uh, both sides stalemates obviously not going to work and that's where you are so you know you're at a, you're kind of at a stalemate right planning and zoning approved the project Correct. despite the, i think they i don't know explain that they did they make any stipulations or are they approved as is no they made there's 21 pages of resolu- in the resolution that say what we can and can't do okay uh, all about building it and operating it okay uh but back to your point, the, the, way, the way you manage what we're grappling with is through regulations, isn't it? In other words, in other words you, you appoint a commission, and they come up with a set of rules. And they say these are the set of rules that, that property owners have to adhere to. Right. You can't change them on the fly. You can't, you can't say, well, I like that person so I'm going to let them build a house that's bigger and the next person I want you I want you smaller right 100 percent 100 percent so you 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 have to have a set of rules and so those rules we adhere to completely yeah I think this goes back to like the larger discussion by the way Taylor when you hear like you know every two years we run a local elections here and you see a sign that comes through that says Keep what is it? Keep um keep something local, yeah, something keep like that. Decisions local. Keep, keep decisions local. And this is why I think a lot of people move in or here. There are a local. lot of new parents here, new families and stuff. And they were like, "What does that mean?" This goes to me why that's so important. When you elect your officials, you want someone who is a local person who is has the interests of your town at heart and in those regulations, right? Those regulations are being set and managed by our local officials, and you don't want someone who's in the pockets of Hartford or wherever else or other interests. You want their interest to be here because you're right. These people here who are our neighbors, our friends are on these boards, giving their time. You want them to have the right, the community interest at hand. I don't mean to go off here, but I I do. I mean, I want them definitely to have, you know, our interest at heart and be empowered to make those decisions. But to Bob's point, like I also want them to, you know, set rules and live by them. Right. Because that breaks capitalism down if you don't have the right to do with your property what you know the rules said you're allowed to do with it like 
I disagree with that. Um, so no, I'm so I totally agree with that. But so, yeah, so you're, you're, you feel Bob in a way that like these are the rules are there. You've played by the rules. You've come up this building and it's, and that it's now being appealed, right? That's, that's exactly right. So if I want, if I go back just a little bit, I started this process two and a half years ago and I was going to build a, uh, a building with under a state regulation that's 8-30G, which says that unless a town has 10% of their housing stock affordable, that the town's regulations don't apply for this kind of facility. Got it. So translation, Darien has less than 10% because of how overpopulated and overbuilt we already are. So because of that, you can build a building here that doesn't apply to our local zoning and our local public hearing process. Absolutely. Yeah. Think about Got how it. many units you could put on four acres. Okay. I mean, yeah, just so look at what happened at the corner of Leroy and um, West. Leroy and West, right. right? I, I think every square inch of that property is developed. Yes. And it's not very nice looking. No. It's not in keeping with the neighborhood the character of the neighborhood. Well said. Cheers to that, by the way, from a, from a, the chairman of the Architectural Review Board. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's what you'd like. Yes, you want. And, and, and that's what other homeowners expect when they buy a piece of property. They would expect that the rules would be adhered to. So now I started, though, with this idea of A30G. And, there's, and, and what happens with that is that instead of the town approving it, it flips the other way that I have to prove it's within your regulations. It flips the other way, and the town has to say, well, there are two reasons why we can turn it down. One is safety, and one is health. Yep, okay. So in this case, that would translate to traffic and the sewer system. Those would be the two reasons why fundamentally why the town could could fight an 830G application. Okay. That's where I started, and I met with uh, Craig Flaherty, and I actually hired an 830G lawyer, the same lawyer as it turns out that's doing the 830G application in New Canaan that's under, uh, under review. Okay. And once I got into that, I thought, I can build a big building um, so did the town not have a defense that was health or safety related well, against a big Well, I switched before I ever talked to the town. And I decided, you know what, I'd rather build something, th and I plan on building it, that is beautiful and that I'll have my name on it. Right. And I'm going to manage it, and I want to rent it, and I want it to be in keeping with the neighborhood because I've been there since 2001, and I've got a great, great relationship with Selig Woods and Dunlop Woods. Mm -hmm. And so I changed from 830G to a beautiful uh, building that adheres to all the regulations. So it's I, the height is right, the number of units are right, the traffic, all the studies that, that we talked about. Right, right. And planning and zoning approved it, but then after that approval, there was a legal appeal, which is which is a right of all abutting neighbors can appeal it. And they appealed it, which, so what does that mean? Yeah, what does yeah, that leave us? That you're stuck now. Because you've got a pretty big like nuclear stick in the other hand, right? If you wanted to go 830G, could you reapply under that? Well, it's interesting you raise that because I'm having that designed right now. Yes, I actually read this in the paper that you said that. You said, okay, well, if this doesn't go through, I'm going to do 830G, which is... I don't want to use the word threat, but it kind of is it's like, well, if you guys are going to do this and I'm going to go back to this original plan and 830G means you would build something much bigger, right? You're right. So think about it this way. I've got an asset that's obsolete. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take, I want to maximize this asset, which is my right. Yep. And so my preference is this beautiful building that, that architectural review board looked at gave us some suggestions, we made them, it's a better looking building. Uh, that's what I'd like to build. But if I, if, if I can't build that, then I'm, I'm right now designing an 830G uh, building. I'll have it ready in a couple of weeks. It's five stories, and it's 88 to 94 units. 
Okay, yeah, so we went from three stories to five stories from 60 to 88. Like, no one wants to hear that. And I think you mentioned when we were kind of chatting before this about how Greenwich has like multiple... They've you, got, you're from Greenwich, right? Yes, you're, they've got five A30G applications. And And to be clear, the... 10% threshold that would, you know, invalidate 30G and Darien. I think that translates to how many units? 700 and something units? Because I think our housing stock is like 7,500 units or something like that. I think you're right, but I really haven't spent much time looking at that. But we're working so hard. I mean, I do know enough about it to know that we're every, I mean, obviously we've increased our um, mandate for affordable units in any new development to be above the state. Mm-hmm. mandate mm-hmm. so at 14 percent, we're we're trying to run ahead of schedule on adding affordable units every time we develop a multi-unit property and we're still never going to get there because like you said we're 95 percent developed yeah. like the math just doesn't work we're trying as hard as we can right. i mean it's short of you know knocking things down just for the purpose of building high-rise multi-family i mean right it's getting a little and crazy. hartford doesn't want to hear any of this <clears throat> no no keep it local so i go back to keep it local the office building is obsolete. It, okay. It yeah, was, yeah. Okay. So now, what am I going to do with the asset? And multifamily is what I wanted to do. I think it makes sense that I've proven there's a demand for it. I've, I've gone through all these studies. So while this appeal goes on, I have the right to apply for an 830G application. I can put it in simultaneous with the appeal. Right. Then you would as a businessman. Why would you not? You why know, would I not? Yeah, you, you know, you can also do failure. is put a price tag on it and let the land trust buy it. Well, by the way, that's the other thing. You know, you got to think about this as a town. Like, you find developers who work with you, right? Like, we've had, with luckily, with Genovese and, and the Vaqueros who are doing, you know, Palmers and all those other great things in town and Federal Realty. Like, it's nice that you're working with the town, but, like, you sell this property to a developer from New York City or out of town, you know what I mean? They, they don't work. With, I mean, they, they put in what they're going to put in it. This process gets even more black and white, I've already, in my opinion. Personally. Well, I agree. I've already turned down two A30G developers who want to buy it from Oh, me. I'm sure. They're wow. just chomping at the bit. It's a beautiful... See, they look at it like this is an ideal location. Right. Because, oh, you only got two neighbors that can see the building. Yeah. Okay. And okay. so I've got 95, 50 acres in LCB. Like that's a perfect... Yeah. You don't, you're not, so I've got two developers that want to buy it. I've said I want to build something and manage it. And my strategy going in was I'm going to design what I want. I'm not going to go in with the idea that I'm going to propose more and then I'll have something to negotiate with. Yeah. See, I didn't go in and say, uh, you right. know, I I'd like, yeah, no, I didn't go, I could have gone in and said, look, I want to build 70 units. And I adhere to the height, but I'm not going to adhere to the setback, so I want an exception. Right. And then have the commission say, well, no, we're not going to give you the exception. Right. No. So I didn't go in with that strategy. My strategy was Standard as a businessman. Standard practice. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. I didn't like, go. I got lawyer fees here on the do- I got to move this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But so in a way, I mean, that's always been my strategy. Uh, uh, here's what I'd like to do. Here's why I want to do it. And and get and try to get it done a different negotiating strategy would and there are some developers in town that have done this they propose more and then you cut them back right right that is a very popular strategy yes, here it in is. Town by developers and i didn't do it yeah, and so now i'm getting appealed and i've got a i've a, you know i had a commissioner say well i think it should only be two stories oh, where'd that come from so what do you do about the appeal? Is there is there a way for the neighbors to draw back the appeal? Like you know, I, I, how many neighbors are appealing it? Five neighbors are appealing. Five it. neighbor, five family, five families. That's all you've gotten. Okay, out of I'm trying to think of a larger population of Darien. Okay, and so what? Well, what could you be the can resol- only appeal if you're in a butter. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, got it. And so what's the resolve here? Well, the process is looks like it could take twelve to sixteen months. So we got. We got served with this appeal. The uh, we have to respond that make an appearance the fifth of May. Then the uh, the judge will then say the the appealers have to submit their arguments, and they've got roughly thirty days to do that. Then we submit our rebuttal. We have thirty days to do that. Then they have fifteen days to rebut our rebut. Bob, I fell asleep there. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then <laughs> that's 
crazy. And then the judge will set a trial date, and then this if, is the beauty. Like we just keep, you keep kicking the can down the road till someone gives up. Or yeah, let's skip to the end, and yeah. then at the end, <laughs> yeah. they're going to approve it. Well, listen, if I if I knew that, that's like asking me how long's a piece of string. Okay, I don't know. I. But in the absence of, I mean, what, I, what argument really is there? That's that's what our view is. Our question is, what do the neighbors really hope to gain from this? Because, because I don't. What do I have to negotiate with? In other words, I've done all these studies. Yeah, we didn't even get through all the studies, by the way. You got like five more. That's okay. But There's yeah, a couple great. others. Great. But my point being that that I only have two neighbors that can see the building, the current building or the new building in this in the winter time. I can't. I already have a, a conservation easement between my building and those two neighbors. So where could I plant? So one thing you would say would screening. Yeah, I asked you about that screening. Yeah, could you put more screening up to give the neighbors a little bit more ease? And and so for one neighbor, I could do some screening. Uh, across, uh, would be on town property, but that would help that one neighbor. And that came up in a discussion of one of the neighbor meetings that I held in my building. In the public hearings, another la- neighbor said that I was bribing neighbors with trees. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to mean to laugh. That's no, not funny. I mean, I, Sorry. It's interesting. Sorry. Like you're sitting here thinking there's only a couple of neighbors that really you know can see it. But if it's your house, right? If it's your family's equity tied up in your house and no. you're looking at a drop in the price of it, like I get it. Totally. Totally. So yeah, I mean, I hope if you can work okay. with them that, that you will. Um, and put up whatever screen. I think, you need, I think you're amenable to that, right? To put up screening as needed, right? If I, I, On your property? I told the neighbors that, okay. that I'll work with you. But like I said, I made that comment in, the, in one of my neighbor meetings. And then in the public hearing, another neighbor said, I'm bribing. So forget. They just what, want to be bribed too. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. There was. There By the was, way, Bob Taylor and I also take cash if you're right? offering. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So probably not a funny joke at this point in time. No, no. <laughs> if we take things too seriously, we're not going to be very happy. So mm-hmm. let. But uh, so the the only I only had a couple other studies I did. I mentioned Dunlap Woods and Selick Woods. Both of them wrote letters saying they think our development will be a net positive. We're going to have them on. We have, we're going to have Darian Landrust on in the next uh, few weeks here, so we'll, uh, we'll ask them about it. And I met with them. I've met with the Landrust people at least six times. And one of the things, one of the things and I'm, that I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that people don't realize is that the parking for Dunlap, and Selick Woods is on, on your my property. property. Totally. Yeah, I was, well, I was thinking about that. I didn't say it earlier, but that's well said, actually, yeah. And so in my meetings with, with the land trust, they have two parking spaces, and then I have 15 more, and I allow them to, to park there. When they have events, I allow them to park in my garage and on the front of the bu- in front of my building. So we've worked well with them. The fact, though, is that 15 parking spaces that they use even during the business days, they're private, are mine. Yeah, and okay. so one of the one of the Darien Land Trust board members said, "So we've been trespassing for twenty five years," and I yeah. and we all laughed about that. So in being a good neighbor, and we think we have been, we also wanted we also want to move their entrance to the end of all that parking. I want to put up a pagoda for them, so it's a grand entrance put new steps in that are safer. Hmm. You're, that's part of your proposal? Yes. I didn't see that. Yes. Wow. I like that. Cool. And I've got a, I've got a picture of that. Bob, is that a bribery to the trust? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not stupid. It's a, I mean, I, I'm like, if I was a trust member, that sounds good to me. What else can we get you to do? Clean up the trash in that corner? Well, it's funny you say that because... <laughs> because I put a trash can out there. We collect trash for ah, them. Smart. Uh, Nice. Well, it reflects on our property. Yeah. So I want it to be. So my point being that that we allow them to park there now. We could say no. You have two parking spaces, and that's all you've got. I think you've done a good job. I think 
you, you're doing what we appreciate from a lot of the developers here in town are doing, which is really working with the town. I mean, this is this is the way to, to move forward. There's the only way to move forward. And really, really, we appreciate that. You're also a businessman. I appreciate that as a libertarian myself. Like, I yeah. mean, right, Taylor? Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of demand to live in Darien and you've got a property that's underutilized and, you know, yeah. you, you have every right to capitalize on that. And I'm grateful that you're doing it the way you're doing it. And hopefully not with the A30G application. I know, hopefully not. Well, and that goes back to my whole thing that like when you see that sign, keep it local, that there's a reason that sign exists around town. Like there's a reason. And I think. Uh, well, I think, listen, we enjoyed working with planning and zoning uh, and with the planning and zoning staff. So they've given us good direction. Uh, you know, we work with ARB and we made changes. We think that helped made it, the project better. And you didn't even go through ZBA, the Zoning Board of Appeals, because everything you proposed, right, was within. Well, I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have had to go to them for for the for this. They have a different mission, but I didn't ask for any exceptions. So, okay. so uh, that so that's kind of our dilemma. If we if we're building according to the town's rules, then why aren't we? Why wouldn't we be allowed to do it? And the and the commission, I think, made the right decision and and voted to approve it, which they did. Yeah. Now, neighbor, all abutting neighbors have the right to appeal any planning and zoning decision, and they're appealing it, which is their right. Right. Of course. And so the key question I like is: that. God bless America. We get some. Yeah. <laughs> the what I would like is for it not to. Um, I'd like. And unfortunately, the court system doesn't work this way, but you'd like to have a decision rendered in a timely fashion. Yeah, and I would like a babysitter for my kids on Friday and Saturday night without <laughs> fail, Bob, without and a bottle of wine chilled waiting for me. But we don't always get it. Okay, but no, I'm sorry. I didn't how well do you, how yeah. much do you pay? <laughs> Are you coming up? Let's talk offline. Let's, let's go wrap this up. We got to talk. We do need to wrap this up. <laughs> no. no, Bob, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you coming and giving us, you know, in your own words, the explanation for why everything is happening and what you're hearing and what you've done. And um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, the thing I would want to leave you with is I've been there. I've been in this community as a businessman for 22 years. I've owned Parklands for, since 2005. I've done my best to be a good neighbor with Selick Woods and, and Dunlop Woods, with LCB, uh, and even Fairmead Road. I've, tr I've tried my best with them. And this is a project that I think is beautifully designed. I think it would enhance the, uh, the town to, to have multifamily, have some more options for people to move in. And at these price points, we're talking about people that are, will be an enhancement to the community. And so I hope that we get to this successfully. I can build it and uh, manage it. I like Excellent. it. Yeah, we'll put these pictures up online so everyone can take a look. Yeah. And uh, I feel like now we're talking to Darian, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for the time.